Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the man himself, Nicholas Osen, in the thick of Iowa State Cyclones football camp right now. Just weeks away from their first matchup of the college football season and less than a month away from the Cyhawk game inside of Jack Trice Stadium. Nick, we're here to talk NFL, but good Lord, you are on the precipice of college football season. How are you doing tonight, my brother? Absolutely. You know, it's it's really crazy, brother, that, you know, we're this close to NFL, to college starting, to Cyhawk. You know, I'm, I'm doing really well. It's a busy time, obviously, with football, but one of the best times of the year. Simply the greatest time of year, Nick. Not right where we're sitting now, but once that clock strikes September, my mood shoots up astronomically in a positive direction. So the fact that we're talking football right now and moving just closer and closer to the season gets me over the moon. And, folks, we're coming off of a spectacular performance from our beloved Chicago Bears in their first preseason game. So we're going to chop it up about that one and look ahead to the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday night. So strap in. And as always, juice up! All right, Nick, as I just alluded to, our Chicago Bears, specifically the offensive unit, the starters all the way down to the reserves later in the game, looked spectacular last weekend against the Tennessee Titans at home. Justin Fields, QB1 of these Chicago Bears, pitched a perfect game in his limited time out on the field throwing three passes, completing them all, two of which were taken to the house on screens, one to the new man, DJ Moore, for 62 yards, and another from RB1, which seemed like a blown play. It looked as if Fields was under pressure and then had to resort to dumping it off to Khalil, and he made magic happen 56 yards down to the house. Of course, the screen to DJ Moore was designed. It was clear as day, an opportunity for Moore to touch the ball for the first time as a bear, and he just flew to that end zone. So I am absolutely sick and tired of people on Twitter and social media saying, you're getting excited over your quarterback throwing a screen pass. Last time I checked, that's a part of the game of football, and Nine times out of ten, those plays don't work. So the fact that the Bears were able to execute them in the highest, leading to 14 points on the board, got me hyped. And we're getting to the point now, Nick, where the pieces are starting to come together for this offense. And I want to hear your expectations for this unit with what seems as if we have built the right pieces around the quarterback. 
you know, I, I think people are silly to kind of come at you or Bears fans or anybody getting excited about that. I mean, that's just it's really just dumb of them. They're kind of wanting to just take away from others happiness, I think. I think that it was really beautiful to see kind of how electric DJ Moore can be with the ball. Because obviously, you know, we love David Montgomery, always will. But like in terms of just electricity, making plays like that offensively, Justin was obviously the guy to do that last year. We both like Juice Herbert. In terms of expectations, I think if the Bears even have a top 12, 14 offense from what a lot of these reports that we've been seeing in camp, including as recently as the day we're recording of how the bears defense has been looking against the bears themselves against the Colts this week, obviously Anthony Richardson's a rookie, but I say all that to say, I think this defense is going to be competitive. I don't think that they're going to be an elite bears unit or anything, but we're not looking to get to the super bowl in terms of expectations this year. We just want to see growth and potential contention for a wild card, maybe the NFC North. So in terms of that, Noah, I think that you need to see growth from Fields. He's had a couple rough days, but overall, I certainly think that a lot of the kind of general reports about Fields have been important and positive. O-line consistency, obviously some young pieces specifically on the ends with the tackles in terms of recent draft picks. And then that receiving core actually looks pretty nice. So just to see that utilized very well, obviously I think it'll be a lot more fun of an offense. I think those would seeing those now would make me happy partner for this season. Nick, you mentioned it sitting in that 12 to 14 range in terms of how this offense could be ranked down the road of this season. If you're sitting right around those spots, folks, that leads us to believe that we are a playoff team. Of course, the playoffs have been expanded in the last couple of years, adding an additional wild card, which we actually benefited from playing against the New Orleans Saints on Nickelodeon with Mitchell Trubisky playing his last game in the Chicago Bears uniform. But if this Bears offense is as successful as we believe it can be, that means the playoffs are on the horizon and it's not an outlandish expectation because of the receiving core. Juice Herbert has gotten a great deal of carries in the National Football League in his first few seasons. And we know what Justin Fields can do with his feet. And we're starting to see more through the air from him. It clearly helps having DJ Moore in the mix. His first play where the ball was designated for him, he took it all the way to the end zone untouched. Not a single player on the defense was near him, and he just zoomed for six points. These are the type of explosive players that the Bears have been lacking for years on end and we've got two of them on the offense right now in fields and more so nick i know you mentioned the defense they absolutely shine in the second half of saturday's football game against the tennessee titans 
let me just rattle off a few statistics from that game because I was stunned seeing them on the box score, even though I watched the game. Two forced fumbles and two interceptions. Malik Willis and Will Levis, the two quarterbacks that were playing for Tennessee, each were sacked four times. Bears had eight sacks on Saturday. That is extremely encouraging, especially considering that Yannick Ngakwe wasn't in a uniform that day. And you know he'll be raring to go against his former team in the Annapolis Colts on Saturday. And this defense will have more of its starters in the mix on Saturday to give us a good picture of what to expect come September. Yeah, I think, you know, that was an area where, let's be honest, we were one of the worst teams in the entire NFL last season in terms of generating consistent pressure, obviously getting those sacks. Now I'm not looking at, you know, that a ton from a a preseason game, but to get a good look at Ngakwe, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get some coverage sacks this season just because, I mean, I think we've got some legitimate ball hawks. I think Eddie Jackson, like we've talked about on this show recently, is going to play some of his best football. I think some of these young DBs are really just going to raise the ceiling of kind of that room in the secondary, and I think that's going to help us up front. I'm also excited to really see what kind of some of those, you know, pretty big, physical, Young linebackers can do. Obviously, a couple couple grew up huge Bears fans. And, well, obviously, Badgers, which is a big thing. I mean, those linebackers are finding a lot of success in the league right now, inside and outside. And I'm excited to see what they can do as a whole. I think that if we get to a spot where one side of the ball isn't just having to bail the other out all the time, we've got a good football team. And when you just going back to talking about the offense – Look at how your man, Josh Allen, really took off with a legit number one receiver. Jalen Hurts was good before, but looked like one of the best absolute players and quarterbacks in the league last year with A.J. Brown. So I think that D.J. Moore is really going to help Fields. I hope that Fields finds more confidence, comfort, and can just raise the potential of the entire team. Nick, you have a ton to unpack there, but all positives. And I want to stay with the defense and then wrap around talking about Fields' relationship with his new receiver room. What really stood out to me on that defense, Nick, is something you mentioned, that secondary. Tyreek Stevenson was, as you say, a ball hawk on Saturday in the Titans game. It may not have all shown up in the stat sheet, but he did have one pass defended and was glued to each receiver that he was covering. And he was highlighted throughout the broadcast and mentioned throughout the broadcast. A guy that is new to this team. The Bears have seemingly had their starters in place at the cornerback position between Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon. but. As we sit right now, Nick, the depth chart says Tyreek Stevenson in that second cornerback spot ahead of Kyler Gordon. Of course, the second-year man in Gordon is most known for his nickel coverage, but this is encouraging 
for a young guy like Stevenson to be showing up on film and likely securing a starting spot here in just a few weeks playing our arch rival in the Green Bay Packers. So that defensive secondary is probably our strongest position group on the defensive unit. But you mentioned it right then and there, Nick. The linebacking core has some massive names, and they are not being talked about by anyone other than us. We know Jack Sanborn stepped into an extremely difficult position last year and shined. And then we have two Pro Bowl caliber players in Edmonds and Edwards on either side of Sanborn. So these linebackers are real deal. Edwards was arguably the best defensive player in the Super Bowl just a few months ago in February. So, folks, do not count out this linebacker group. They were the most exciting group to me in terms of the signings and big names being added to the defense, something that Coach Flus is finally taking his time on, you know, being that defensive-minded coach. He has signed now three massive free agents on the defensive side of the football. And we are very much looking forward to seeing Ngakwe in a Bears uniform, hopefully on Saturday night in Indianapolis, a place where he's had a great deal of production, but now he'll be on the other side of the football. I'm going to ask you something here. Now, with our with our excitement, and we're not quite into week one, of course, but we always kind of do predictions as we get closer. Now that this roster's really kind of taken shape, Right. Few free agent additions. Seems like pretty, pretty strong early returns, early reports on the draftees. I also like Stevenson. I think that, you know, he's going to have some tough times against some of these Bears wideouts in practice. But where do you think, you know, this offense can take the biggest step? And how would you define it being a successful offense in year two of Eberflus and Getze? In the regular season. Nick, you really know how to engage me in conversation. Good Lord. This Bears offensive unit, it's plain and simple. We know how to run the football, whether it be the quarterback or the tailback or the new RB2 in Rashawn Johnson. Hopefully he can step in and assume the role that Herbert has had over the last couple of seasons. I still am not sold on him yet. I'm hoping. He can produce at a high level, being that change of pace back. We know we are going to run the football successfully. The passing game is of the utmost importance. And you mentioned Luke Getze. You saw how happy he was in that Titans game, seeing his plays that he designed work to heights that we have not seen in recent years for this Bears offense. I mean, a handful of plays from scrimmage from the first unit, and we score two touchdowns. That is unheard of. It hasn't been done really since the 12-4 and season with Mitch Trubisky, where things were firing on both sides of the football. So the passing game, Nick, it's clear as day for me. Fields has 
every resource around him. Of course, I would like the running back group to be a little bit more solid. And we just saw Ezekiel Elliott sign with the New England Patriots. That is an incredible pickup by them. We missed out. So the running back room concerns me a little bit, but we do have that added threat of Justin Fields with his feet. So to me, it's can you, as QB1 of the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, can you throw for 3,000-plus yards, throw for 20-plus touchdowns, and have at least one receiver eclipsing 1,000 yards? Of course that's going to be DJ Moore. He's going to get the most targets. It's laughable where the Vegas Lions have DJ Moore in terms of his receiving yards this season. They have him just at 800, which is a complete sign of disrespect, and he's going to crush that number. So, Nick, it's about this offensive line keeping Justin Fields upright and Justin Fields forming a connection with DJ Moore and hopefully Claypool because we know he has been so successful in throwing the ball to number 11, Darnell Moon. I think that's really fair, right? I really like that kind of breakdown. You know, I'm not shocked that they don't have more over 1,000. I'm surprised if it's really around 800. I mean, I think it's, you know, they, they know that the Bears were like a run-oriented team last year. And I think that's fair. I do think it's going to be more balanced this year. I think 3,000 passing yards better happen. I think, and I have not done any formal projections, but I think I would have fields around probably that 35, 3,600 range with maybe you want him to use his, his legs but not have to kind of go as much as he did last season. I think maybe 750, 850. 800 rushing yards, I think that'd be beautiful. I think we've hit on some good running backs and some really strong receivers. But let's also factor in Cole Komet, who, you know, I know we did kind of some some number projections for him a couple weeks ago. But, man, I think that this offense is just so much better with him playing a key role. And you see me here on, on our video recording smiling because it is exciting to think about. I just hope that the defense – can keep this offense, I guess, in games because we saw how porous that unit was at times last year, and it wasn't expected to be good. But now, like you mentioned, several free agent acquisitions, free agent additions, as well as a couple draft picks. Let's see this defense be around average, and I think that things will be fun again. I really do in Chicago, and I know you feel the same. And we're not even really overreacting about preseason. Neither of us has gone crazy and picked, you know, a Super Bowl. I think we both think Fields can be the guy to get us there. But I, I think we need to see that step this season. Nick, you hit on two major things there for me. And I could never leave out number 85, Cole Komet. I think I didn't need to mention him because of how consistent and reliable he has been for Justin Fields, especially last season. And where we are going to utilize him the most, I believe, is in the red zone. He was a touchdown machine last year, 
seven touchdown receptions to zero in 2021. So a major step up there. And it's really a matter of can we get down into that red zone so that number 85 can shine, box out his defender, and catch a ball in the end zone like he did so successfully down the stretch last season. There's a reason the Chicago Bears paid him what they did. It's because he is arguably the third most valuable player on that offense after Justin Fields, DJ Moore. Of course, the offensive line is extremely important, but nobody on that front five is making the type of money that Cole Komet is. And he's able to not only block, but catch passes when they matter most. So, Nick, when you talk about this defense, there's really nowhere to go but up. I would argue at points of last season, we were the worst defense in football. Easily. We were in so many games because of our offense against really good football teams. You talk about the Philadelphia Eagles who went to the Super Bowl. We were in lockstep with them offensively last year, but our defense just collapsed and cost us winning that football game. And early in the Buffalo Bills game, the Bears were right there. And then in the second half, we parted like the Red Sea so Josh Allen and company could ram it down our throat. This defensive unit cannot be a punching bag any longer. We're called the monsters of the midway for a reason, and it's because of this defense being our bread and butter for as long as we've been around and even before that, winning a championship with the 85 Bears. So, Nick, the defense is going to improve. Is it going to be a top 10 unit? Probably not. But we have a defensive head coach who has made countless acquisitions, like you mentioned. Can they mesh well together? That's what we're looking for. And Nick, I'm going to ask you, as we round out the show, going into Saturday, is week two of the preseason the new week three like we used to have when there were four preseason games? The starters used to play the first half, possibly three quarters of that third preseason game. Now we only have three of them. Will we see the starters, you know, playing majority of that first half? I think my answer here is yes and no. I think it is the new week three of the preseason. And you make a great point going back to some of the the best memories we have made as Bears fans, of course. I don't think that these guys, Bears, most teams, what have you, I don't think that you're going to see many playing a full half anymore. I don't think... That's really kind of been the case. I, I think it's smart, quite honestly, for them not to. I always, I love the fans. You know, I'm I'm always kind of an advocate for them because that's the basis of sports, really, how we grew up. So I think they should get to see, you know, the the starters and some of that type of action. But, and if it's any more than two or three series, three series specifically for guys like Fields, you know, DJ Moore, Juice, Komet, I'm okay. I start to get a little worried. I will make a quick prediction, though, even though it's preseason. 
So I, I believe Ngakwe is scheduled to play this week. But the first time we see him in a Bears uniform, as we expect this this weekend, week two of the preseason, over under 0.5 sacks for him. I am smashing that over, Nick. He's playing in his old stadium against his old team who had no interest in re-signing him this offseason, and he spent the whole summer you know, talking to different teams, and he landed still in the Midwest, but landed in the Windy City on the NFC side of things now. This is his only opportunity to stick it to his former team. Obviously, we don't play the Colts in the regular season. This will be his time, even if it is for eight plays. On Saturday night, he will make an impact. Eberflus will dial up something special for him to get off that football and get to the quarterback in the backfield. Anthony Richardson will be in a world of hurt. I'm going to, just for discussion's sake, as we wrap up here, I'm going to say under, but I am going to say I tackle for loss. So similar impact. I just don't think they push these guys a ton this week. I think that's a great thing. I'll pick another Bears victory. I'm still blown away by the Ravens preseason uh, streak. And as fun as this is, we're in no rush, but we look forward to these games really counting in a couple weeks as well. Nick, I certainly wouldn't mind following a similar trajectory to what the Ravens have done for the last decade, never losing a preseason game and being a perennial playoff team. That sounds pretty solid from where we have sat for the last several years. And, of course, we have a similar offensive unit. Lamar and Justin Fields have been compared to each other, especially last year when JF1 ascended as arguably the best rushing quarterback in football. So that is a team far more playoff ready and they've always had success in the preseason it's a weird statistic that continues to roll on and if the bears go three and zero in preseason i'd be more than happy with that i hope they don't get all their wins out before september i will say that so nick thank you so much for joining me folks as we look ahead we will be talking fantasy football as it is one of our favorite pastimes year over year And we'll be talking some of our hopeful picks down the line here in August because Nick and I have a draft together next week. And we will be battling out for what could be a rematch in the championship. Nick took the cake over me last year, so I am looking for revenge. Folks, thank you for tuning in. And as always, do some bear down forever.